in today's show. We're recapping all 10 games from Wednesday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. There are 10 games on. We're going to talk about all of those games. Bit of a recap on some news as well. All right, that's good stuff. Let's take a look at the news. Bit of an update on Rudy Gobert and his calf. Also Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell, they said, um, yeah, chance he returns on the weekend. They play Friday and Sunday. So you'd have to think he's out Friday. Obviously not the weekend. Maybe they're including Friday night as part of the weekend. I don't think so. He'll be back Sunday, perhaps. As for Gobert, the report from Sarah Todd, one of the reporters of for the Jazz, stated that, it's only considered mild. They're going to be cautious with him. But yeah, there's every reason to believe he plays before the All-Star break. And I read that and went, what? Before the All-Star break? That's like three weeks. Um, they're officially saying day to day. And there's, you know, they expect him to be back within three weeks. And I bloody hope they expect him to be back within three weeks. So that means that that further strengthens the value of having um, Hassan Whiteside on your team at the moment. I don't know what this means for Gobert. Does it mean one week out? I would think he's out the rest of this week. Um, maybe maybe half of next week, maybe the rest of next week. We don't know exactly, but that's what she put out there. So I'm not expecting Gobert back for the Friday game. Um, but yeah, that's, that's an update. It's a little bit troubling. Lonzo Ball, he's having surgery tomorrow. And then the six to eight week time frame clocks on. So, yeah, as we always say with knee injuries, whatever the time frame is, add a little bit extra on. That's generally a safe way to go. Uh, it was impossible to hold Lonzo Ball anyway. It's even more impossible to hold Lonzo Ball now because of this delayed surgery. Like, he was going to be back mid-March anyway. He's going to be back, yeah, mid to late March now. There's no way that you can hold on to him in that scenario. Terrence Davis, who had put up some really good games um, with the absence of Halliburton and then Fox, has suffered a wrist ligament injury, and he is out indefinitely. I would assume we're talking four to five weeks. Oh, I would guess with Davis... He's a pretty clear drop. It happened when one of the Celtics players slid under him to try and take a charge. Hate those players. Just absolutely hate it. Try and contest the shot. Jump and contest. Don't just try to get bowled over to get the foul. It's. I think they're really dangerous, those players. And I think there's no actual place for them in basketball. Oh, yeah, but charges are actually a form of defense. Cool. Play different defense. I know that that's part of the rules and it's always been part of it. It doesn't mean shit can't change. It's a dangerous play that actually doesn't require you to do anything in terms of producing a defensive play. It's like, please smash into me. I just don't like charges. It's simple as that. And I think they're a dangerous play. And another injury here with Davis out. Um, that's going to give a little bit of a boost to Davion Mitchell. We'll talk about that with the Kings a bit later on. And to Budrick Heald. We'll talk about him a little bit later on as well. Bob Covington has a knee problem. Not great when Nance and Zeller are already on the shelf. 
Um, we don't think it's a serious one for Cove, but we'll wait and see. Hold him for now. Devontae Sabonis, possible return on the weekend. They play a Friday, Saturday back-to-back, so maybe Saturday's game. I would rule him out for Friday, would be my guess. Then maybe a return on Saturday. That's going to put an expiry on uh, Goga Badadze and Isaiah Jackson's value. You might get one more game out of them on Friday, but uh, if he returns on Saturday, then yeah, they're done. And then um, Gordon Haywood, out for COVID protocols. That's boosting Kelly Oubre. We saw that today. Cody Martin's minutes are up. We thought maybe PJ Washington, but uh, no, no, no. That didn't happen today either. Um, but yeah, just keep that in mind that those those guys get a boost in the short term while Haywood is out. And then when Haywood comes back, Martin and Ubre, they most likely go back in most cases to the waiver wire. Before I go on to tell you about the games, I'm going to tell you about BetOnline because they're here to wish you a happy new betting year. And they remain the number one spot for all of your sports wagering action for 2022. BetOnline is the place that is here. New year, new you, new updated desktop site. New mobile site as well. So why don't you go on there, use the code locked on, and sign up and get a free, well not free, get a 50% welcome deposit bonus on your first deposit. From basketball to football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, or right to your favorite Vegas casino game, don't wait and take advantage of all of the fantastic offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts. NBA trade deadline is just around the corner. Thursday, February the 10th at 3 p.m. Eastern. And we're going to have a show for you, Locked On NBA Live, from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. on Thursday, February the 10th. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, NBA veteran Antonio Daniels, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball veteran Josh Lloyd hosting the show, breaking down every move that happens along with hosts right across the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe to the Locked On NBA YouTube channel, turn on notifications, and you will know when we go live. Let's talk about these games. Some absolutely wild games today, and that seems to be a theme in the NBA at the moment. Just wild shit going on all over the place. This was a um, a pretty uh, pretty wild one. The Hornets and the Pacers. Just look at the score. The Hornets almost dropped 160 points in a regulation game. Just fell short, 158 to 126. We know they have a high-powered offense, but that's ludicrous. 38 minutes for LaMelo Ball. 29, 10, and 13. He had been playing, you know, not great. Minutes have been down. But back now, over the next last two weeks, he's the top, he's the 20th best player. Like, he's jumped way back up. Had a steal and a block. He was shooting 69% from the field. Giggity! He was another 80% from the line. 63 fantasy points. Great stuff. Kelly Oubre. 35 minutes, 39 points with 10 triples and two steals on 67% shooting, including this game, which makes up 20% of the games that he's played in the last two weeks. Ubre is the 156th ranked player. That just goes to show you how terrible the other four games were. And that is Ubre. He'll have these games where he goes absolutely bananas and he'll have six points on 12 shots with one rebound. While Haywood is out, sure, he's a 12-team league guy. But... Other games, it's really hard to trust him. Really hard. Miles Bridges only played 20, 28 minutes, 22 points for him, while Rogier had 20 in his 28 minutes with two steals. And Cody Martin had uh, one steal and two blocks. So bring the good defensive numbers. Had some early foul troubles there, Martin. Hit two threes as well. Again, more of a defensive stats streamer at the moment. We saw PJ Washington getting like 27, 28 minutes a night. He played 18 Instead, he had nine points with four assists while Plumley played 27 and had seven, four, and six. It's what makes Washington hard to trust as well. He's fine if you want him in a 12-team league, but 
like so many guys, and we're gonna, this is going to really come into focus when we talk about the Clippers players, is that like you can look at Washington and play 27 minutes a night and go, you add him for 12 team leagues. And then this comes up. And basically, it, nearly every player from like 110 to 190 are going to have stretches where you add them and then they become droppable. And you just churn through. And very, very rarely, especially at this point of the season, do those sort of players who aren't seeing a change in role, it's not like there's an injury happening and Plumlee's out and now Washington's playing 32 a night. It's very rare that those sort of players elevate themselves into absolute must-roster players. They'll have little stretches of two or three games and they drop back off and they come in and out of lineup. So if you want to add them, if you want to drop them, in the end, that sort of decision doesn't mean as much as how active you are in streaming and maximizing your games played for the week versus holding on to PJ Washington, hoping for a 27-minute-a-night game versus an 18-minute game. Like that's, that's where you have to be um, not as tied to a player who just had two big games and thinking, well, I must have him now, and then that will then follow. Like, you can try it, but a lot of the time it's just, hey, let's just get a guy in and see what happens. And then if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And you hold for a short period, and then you move on. And rather than, I'm going to hold just in case this happens down the line. Shout out to Andre Drummond and people who are holding them, are holding him in their leagues. For the Pacers, just a shit game. Like, just dreadful stuff. Impressed with Isaiah Jackson. 24 minutes, 17 points, a triple one. Good numbers. But again, really hard to take too much out of this game. He's not going to play 24 minutes most nights, especially when Sabonis is back. But who knows what happens as they move forward. But Dadze, only 19 minutes, 17 and 6. I would still be holding Goga in 12 teams. And Lance Stevenson had 7 assists in the first quarter. Ended with 14, 6 and 10. It's a really good game from Lance. He's now the 278th ranked player over the last two weeks. Do not froth this game. Do not get excited. Look, this is how stupid this game was. Levert played under 20 minutes. Justin Holiday 23. Duarte, 22. The starters were just benched. And it was just weird, basically, right from the start. Don't read into Levert playing those few minutes. Don't read into too much of Duarte playing 22. Although, on a healthy team, he is not a must-roster player. Like Chris Duarte, we have seen it for three months already. He is not a must-roster player. Now that Brogdon is out, you add him and you see where we go. And maybe we're holding and hoping something happens. But if the team's healthy and playing, he is not a must-roster player. Justin Holiday again, falls into that same role. He's a fringe sort of player. You get some steals and threes out of him at times. He's a nice little top 90 run. Then he goes back out to the top 160. And it's fine to have him and it's fine to not. Knowing when to move on and how to maximize the use out of him is what the hard thing is to do. And it's important to be able to do that. It's like, you know, stashing O'Shea Brissett. He played 17 minutes with no Sabonis or Turner. What's, what's your expectation long-term for him? Shouldn't be good. Five and six with two steals for Brissett. I hope all that makes sense when I'm talking about your know, fringe waiver wire guys and you know, maybe the over-reliance we have on them or the over overly hyped expectations we have on these players that you know, cutting bait and moving on and making the required streams is way more important or finding the guy whose role is actually elevated long-term rather than maybe it's elevated if this and this and this happens and then X happens and then Y happens and then this guy's role gets elevated and that's not going to work out. But like when you have a situation where shit, this bloke's role is actually going to be elevated the rest of the season, then you take that flyer and see what happens. Right? I think that's really, really important to understand that versus the transient nation, transient nature of most waiver wire pickups. Let's go to the second game. Cavs, just stomping teams. Bucks, who cares? 115.99, we'll kill them. We'll have everyone out. We'll just beat everyone. Don't worry about it. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo. 92% from the line. My Watfo of Giannis being over 70% from the line this year is looking pretty good. That's great. 92%, 11 of 12. 
26, 9, and 3, not his best overall line. He is now the 10th ranked player for the season, not in not punting free throws. Really good stuff. Chris Middleton had 21, 4, and 4, while Punch Bob had 22 and 7 in his 32 minutes. And this was a game without Grayson Allen, who was suspended, and Wes Matthews. They started Paddy Connaughton. He played 32 minutes. He had 11 points with three threes. I don't really care about that for 12-team leagues. And DiVincenzo, one of his better games, if not his best, 28 minutes, 9 points, 5 rebounds, 2 steals. That's the problem with DiVincenzo. Right? I like him as a player, but even in a 30-minute-a-night role, he's probably just a fringe guy and a steal streamer. And this is a game without Allen and Matthews, and he's going to drop back off, I would suggest. Bad game from Drew, four points on nine shots with six rebounds and seven assists. I wouldn't panic too much. While Nwora got 15 minutes with those two wing players out and he'll go back out of the rotation. But the the um, Cavs, man, Jesus. They did this as well with Darius Garland playing just 26 minutes due to a back injury. Garland's back is bothering him and I think he's going to have some time off coming up. Don't know when, don't know if. I think he will though. He had 19, two and eight in 26 minutes. Kevin Love, there's no Larry Markkinen. So Love goes from a 21 minute a night guy to 25, 26. He had 25 points, five threes, nine rebounds, two steals. Great stuff. Absolute must roster player. And then the Discman, C.D. Arsman. Now, everything about this team, hey, there's no Sexton. There's no Rubio. There's no Mark. And hey, it's a perfect opportunity for Osman to step up. And J.B. Bickerstaff went, ha, what are you, you, you're fucking joking, yeah? 19 minutes, two points. And I went, all right, okay, cool. Look, no worries. Let's play Dean Wade. Let's play Lamar Stevens. Osman is out there and can do it. All right, cool. We give up on him. Ah, you gave up on him, did you? All right, 23.6 triples, four assists and two steals. I don't know what to make of this with Osman. It falls into that situation. You can stream him if you want. You can add him in. But I have no, absolutely no trust that he's going to play 30 minutes a night. It could go back to Dean Wade playing 30 minutes a night next game and Osman playing 19. But this is what I talked about with Osman. The opportunity is there with no Sexton, with no Rubio, with no marketing to get some extra scoring, to get, get some extra shots and get some extra minutes. It just hasn't come to fruition until now. Jarrett Allen returned. Double-double, 10 and 10. While Mobley had 16 and 7 with two blocks and got his free throws back up, which is good. And Dean Wade, who played 28 minutes last game, played 14. He had 10 points with two threes in this game. He had some foul trouble, so that probably helps with Osman. And Isaac Okoro really doing his best to be the shittest fantasy player in the world. Three points in 29 minutes. I think he does really, really well defensively. Very, very good defensive player. Really strong. Helps his team out immensely. Does nothing for fantasy leagues. Nothing. He's the 249th ranked player this season. Do not touch him onto your 12-team league. Do not touch him onto your 14-team league. Do not let him sniff the dick of your 16-team league. He's not worth it. Unfortunately for him, good perimeter defense that doesn't generate steals in big bunches is not good for fantasy. And that's where Okoro thrives. Rondo's just an assist streamer. He had five of them here. Not much else. Shot poorly. That's cool. Um, let's go on to the next game. The Clippers and the Magic. The Clippers are the perfect example or illustration of what I'm talking about with the waiver wire players going up and down in value continually. All right, this is just what happens. Amir Coffey played like 18 minutes one game and looked terrible and played 25 the game before that. And now he has 19, 6, and 5 with three threes in 34 minutes. But remembering, Marcus Morris is out. That's 30 minutes right there. And they're going to come from somewhere. But more importantly, the shots are going to come from somewhere. So do we expect Amir Coffey to be second in the team in shot attempts? Probably not. So you stream him in, take a crack, 37 fantasy points here, top 60 over the last two weeks in category leagues, take a crack, but maybe he goes back outside the top 150 really soon. Same with Batum, 12 and 7, four threes and a steal. Like Add these guys, try them, but don't be married to them. Same goes with the Duck, Luke Kennard, who played 32 minutes, had 17 and 5 with two threes. Kennard's issue is here, right? 
One assist, zero steals, zero blocks, and did it on 67%, which is not real. Took only nine shots. Remember, no Morris. He goes back to 28 minutes, and he shoots four of nine instead of six of nine. You're talking about 12, five, and one, or maybe 12, four, and one. And you go, that's like a fart. Like, that's nothing. What's good about it? They're totally fine to have, absolutely fine to roster them, but they're just going to be sitting there churning in and out. Justice Winslow really stepped up with Morris out, played really well. Seven points, eight rebounds, two steals, missed all four of his shots, but he's more of an on-court impact guy. Shout out Isaac Okoro versus a fantasy guy. Zubats had some foul trouble. Uh, Serge Ibaka had being old and being Serge Ibaka problems, and Hartenstein had foul troubles too. The three-center rotation wrecking havoc with our fantasy league. If Hartenstein didn't get in foul trouble, I reckon he would have played 20. He had five and four in 19 minutes, and there's enough there for me to take a flyer at least in 14s. Zubat's eight and seven, and again, he's going to be in that. Uh, he's a back-end 12 guy. Do I hold? Do I not? Terrence Mann had 14 points in 27 minutes. I don't think he's a 12-team league player, and I don't know what to do with Reggie Jackson. That's two absolute duds in a row. Nine and four, 27%. Eric Bledsoe got the minutes over him. He had a really strong, a really bad run, a really strong run, a really bad run, a really strong one, now a really bad run. He's all over the shop. Can you drop him? Sure. It really would depend on who I'm, who I'm adding. Is he a top 100 upside rest of season? Probably not. But he's going to have better games than this. He's just really struggling at the moment. Brandon Boston was basically out of the rotation for periods of this game, which is disappointing considering how well he'd been playing. Good news if you have Cole Anthony. He looked much better. 19-6-11, and 11, two steals and a block. Hit all of his free throws. That's really encouraging. It's also massively encouraging to see that even though Anthony um, played that much and did that well, the Jalen Suggs still played more. 35 minutes for Suggsy. 14-4-3, not his best game. Suggs is a must-roster. Anthony's a must-roster, as is only Franz Wagner. 21-3-9 with two steals. Again, be careful. The nine assists are sick. That's awesome. 75% shooting might overvalue what he does. Of course, he remains a must-roster player without any doubt. Gary Harris returned and played 31 off the bench. Interesting minutes distribution there, while Terrence Ross played only 17. Harris, we can drop from 12. Same with Ross. While Bumba played 26 minutes, had 10 and 8. He is still a hold. Not sure it's going to last, but he is still a hold. While we talked about him on the waiver wire show earlier today, saying Chuma Akiki was playing well, but when the players were firing up, when Bumba was getting more minutes, where was Chuma getting the playing time? 17 minutes for Chuma, 4 points, 2 rebounds. He had 3 steals, and that is how you should be treating Chuma Akiki as a steals streaming option, not where, nowhere near close to a must-roster 12-team league guy. Um, Wendell Carter had 11-9. and nine, Just a solid, solid game from Wendell. Nothing too spectacular there. Let us go on to the next game. Knicks fans, how are you feeling? The Heat beat them 110-96. And honestly, it wasn't really this close. Tom Thibodeau is a bad coach. He has worn this team out already. He is so stubborn, though. This starting lineup is one of, like, he's like, they've got like a nine, minus eight net rating, which is really horrible for a starting lineup. Yet they have played the third most minutes out of any five man combination in the entire league. This is the man who started Alfred Payton every game last season, despite it being clear that he wasn't an NBA starting point guard and would consistently put his teams in holes, giggity, and try and get them to come out of it. And now it just keeps happening. He has to make a change, but if it was if it was any other coach, you would say it's guaranteed. But he has to make a change, and he probably won't. Kemba Walker looks really bad. Seven points in 19 minutes. Evan Fournier, seven points in 20 minutes. Yeah, my initial reaction to their offseason was it was a terrible offseason. And then I sort of mellowed on it a bit. 
that wasn't a good offseason. Julius Randle looks terrible again. What the hell has gone wrong with this guy? Actually, that's not true. What the hell happened to him last year where he looked good? Because he'd been bad basically every other season. 11-6-4 with poor shooting and no defensive stats. He's just a very hard player to build around and doesn't want to be built around, apparently. Or doesn't want to build around others. Rowan Barrett had been playing well. Only had 17-3-2 here, played 24 minutes. Robinson had 7-2, but... The guys who come in and provide excitement for this team are Obi Toppin and Emmanuel Quickly. They play with pace. They play with urgency. They play with energy. The other blokes just go out there and, and finger their own assholes. Like, I don't know what they're doing. Toppin, 18 points. I don't think Obi Toppin is a particularly good player. But... I don't want to hear any more about Obi-Wan. He was bloody good here. 18 and 5. The problem is, unless it's a blowout, he's just not going to play. Thibodeau won't play him. Quickly, 12-3 and 7 with two steals. We've been calling since like... January last year, saying, hey, can we just see if what happens when quickly starts? Why are we starting Alfred Payton? Why are we starting Alec Burks now? Why are we starting Kemba Walker? Yeah, Tibbs just won't play the dude. I know he's going to have some shot selection issues and he's not the greatest defender. But at some point, you're not going anywhere with this team. You've got to build these guys up. Quentin Grimes, big minutes again. Six points in, 30, uh, in 31 minutes, but two threes, five rebounds, three assists. Again, looks solid. Needs minutes. Just a deeper league guy. Cam Reddish, 10 minutes, garbage time. Not in the rotation. Wouldn't bank on it for 12-10 leagues. Wouldn't bother holding him. Alec Burks, three points in 15 minutes. Get that garbage out of here! Oh, by the way, that goes for Kemba and Fournier as well. You don't need to hold on to the disease scrotum. And uh, Kemba can get all the way out of there as well. Hello! Goodbye. Um, but yeah, they're just bad. Poor roster construction. They do the thing with, oh my God, we came fourth in the Eastern Conference last year, so therefore we're, we're on the rise with no actual young star talent or star talent players at all. One of the worst things that could have happened was that finish and Julius Randle being named second team All-NBA. Because he shouldn't have been. He shouldn't have been close to it. And they're in real trouble. Don't know what they do here. First, things th first though, Thibodeau has to make a change. He has to mix things up. And I don't know if he has got the ability to do that. For the Heat, a lot of people adding Victor Oladipo. Apparently, there was a video of him working out, saying that he's going to return sometime next month. Yes, that has always been the expectation that he would come back in February. But does Victor Oladipo play 30 minutes a night on this Heat team by the time you hit fantasy playoffs? Honestly, by any point this season. And your logical brain should tell you no. I don't see how. Is he, getting minutes, is he taking minutes away from Tyler Hero, from Kyle Lowry, from Jimmy Butler? It's a... Th Three-headed no there. And then you've got Robinson. You've got the Winter Soldier. You've got Caleb Barton. And they're all, you know, they can be sort of expendable. Yeah, Robinson's shooting probably not so much because he's playing well now. But is Oladipo more than a 22-minute-a-night player who will be severely limited and hasn't played since April last year, um, have low, low efficiency, low minutes, resting back-to-backs? Having him on your team stashing when you still don't know when he's going to come back and you don't think and I don't think he's going to be anywhere near effective enough is hamstringing your fantasy team you will get so much more value streaming in an Amir Coffey or a Gary Harris or those sort of guys rather than waiting for Victor Oladipo to turn the clock back to 2018 which is just not going to happen Gabe Vincent 8 points only but 5 assists 2 steals solid enough stream with um, Lowry out Hero had 21 in his game back first game back well Duncan Robinson another 7 triples in 25 points does nothing else but shot really really well 69% giggity he is on an absolute roll hitting 3's that's what he is though 
He's a three-point streamer. It's a hot streak. He's a great shooter, but it will cool off. Butler had 22, 6, and 5, and Adebayo, only six points, but eight rebounds and 11 assists. Those 11 assists, it's no Lowry. That's the impact. Two steals and a block. Good to see him getting the defensive numbers going here, though. Uh, Omer Yetseven, two minutes of garbage time. If you are still holding Omer Yetseven, you are obviously not listening to this podcast, or you are obviously not playing, and you are not active in your fantasy league anymore. Um, who was more embarrassing? The Kings or the Knicks? It's got to be the Kings, doesn't it? Surely. They lost by like 40 points to the Celtics yesterday. And then they were like 30 points down here to the Hawks. In the end, they lose by 17. It's just embarrassing, man. They are horrendously bad. They need to blow everything up. Every, everything. You keep one player. You keep Tyrus Halliburton. Everyone else can go. I'll see you later. Darren Fox on your bike. Bud Heald, no way. Rashawn Holmes, love him, but see you later. Harrison Barnes, let's go. They should aim to not win a single game post-All-Star break because they've traded everyone away for draft picks and young prospects. They have no future with the way that they have been trying to approach things for the last 16 years. But they won't do that, of course. They just won't do it. The pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. This is more reminiscent of the Barnes that we saw to begin the season. 11 of 12 from the line, 28 points, three threes, nine rebounds. First real good game he's had since he returned. He is a 12-team league must-roster player. Good game. Rashawn Holmes, better stuff as well. 12 and five, two steals, two blocks. The buy low is still a little bit open there for Holmesy, while Halliburton didn't really step up with uh, Fox out. 11 points, seven assists, two steals and a block. Not a bad night. It was a great game from Davion Mitchell. Good. 20 points, four triple, six assists in 31 minutes. When Fox returns, he's not going to be worth doing anything for 12-team leagues. I wouldn't worry about him as a 12-team league guy. Heald stepped up with Terrence Davis out into a couple more minutes. 30 points. No, he didn't. I wish he had 30. He had eight points in 30 minutes with eight rebounds and 25% shooting. And he is not. He's not a must-roster player. When, you know, he, when the bloke's 111th this season, I've got him projected to be a little bit worse than that as we move forward. You, you can have him. But if I looked at a wave wire and Buddy Hill was there, I wouldn't go, and this is always my definition of this stuff when I talk must roster. If I look at a wave wire and Buddy Hill's on it, if I looked at it and go, man, your league's insane. Why is he on the wave wire? That means he's a must roster. If I look at it and I don't really give it any second attention, I just go, oh, yeah, okay, I get that. That means he's not a must roster. It means you totally can have him. And if it works with your team and you want to take that flight, no worries at all. All right, it's totally fine. But if... He doesn't elicit a what-the-fuck-are-you-doing response from me if someone's on your waiver wire, then he's not a must-roster player. Because as I said, there's like an 80, 80 to 100 pool player of players who could easily fill the last three roster spots in a 12-team league. And that's like 36 players. There's like 100 blokes who could fit into that spot. And he was one of those guys. Marvin Bagley, he's back to terrible. Cal Supreze, 9-4 and four in 22 minutes for Bagley. I'm learning French again, if you didn't realize. On to the Atlanta Hawks. Well, you know, they didn't have to try. Simple as that. Trey Young had 17, 3, and 10. Okongwu, 18, and 7 in 20 minutes. Bogdanovich, 18, 3, and 7 in 23 minutes. Big games from Bogdanovich. But we don't have an impact of what Bogdanovich and Herder and Hunter, what they're going to do to each other because they just didn't need to play. Hunter played 17 minutes, had 9 points, 80% shooting. Herder had 8, 3, and 1 and played 19 minutes. But this is not a competitive game. So we don't know what the minutes rotation and what the shot distribution is going to be when they need to win games, when they when they are playing in a situation where it's not a laugh for a half. So we hold Hunter, we hold Herder, you can add Bogdanovich, and we'll see what happens. 
Capella had 8-8 eight eight in only 21 minutes. Johnny Collins, 9-6. Bilo's still open on John Collins, by the way. But do not expect high, high-level production. Just embarrassing stuff, again, from Sacramento. And it's just a common refrain to say that, isn't it? The Denver Nuggets, they go into Brooklyn against a team that's not really the usual um, Brooklyn Nets team. They go in and they they get the victory. 124-118. Let's do it. Yeah, man, he's real good. 26, 10, and 8 with two threes. I think for my end of January awards, he's going to be MVP. It's going to be him, Giannis, and Embiid, I think, as the top three. He's, he's, just, he's so good. 51 fantasy points, number one fantasy player this year. While off the bench, Austin Rivers went out, came out of nowhere. 25 points, seven triples, two steals. Do not rely upon that. Do not bank upon it at all. But of course, because Austin Rivers has been in the league a long time, he gets the minutes and the big stiffy does not. Bones Highland out of the rotation so that Bryn Forbes can go out there and be shocking once again. Again, I've said this a lot of times on this show that you know, coaches, they rely so heavily on veterans. Um, they rely so heavily on relationships or the way players act off court. When, like, What's Bryn Forbes giving me that Bones Highland isn't? And you're taking away development on court time from Highland. Like, what does he give you? Nothing. Like, actually zero. Not one thing better. Not one. In fact, many things significantly worse. But you got to respect him. He won a ring, boys. He won a ring. Yeah, he was a huge part of the ring. Um, yeah, you got to respect him. Cool. No worries. Jeff Green. I think we said this. Was it yesterday or the day before the Nuggets played? He had 20 points. I said, all right, that's his one good game for the rest of the month um, or for the next month. He'll have like seven points next game. He had six points. This is why you don't add Jeff Green. You leave him for deeper leagues. Aaron Gordon had been playing well. He had 10 in 30. That's shit house. Well, Marcus, not Marcus, DeMarcus Cousins, 13 and 6 in 13 minutes. That's great per minute production. Of course, he got ejected. Um, didn't shoot particularly well. Please do not roster DeMarcus Cousins in 12 or 14 team leagues. Please. What, what are you doing? Why, why are we doing that? You don't need to do that. No need. Will Barton had 21 and 10 in 34 minutes. Well, Monty Morris, again, illustrating the point that he is totally adequate with absolutely zero excitement in his upside. 10, 4, and 4 in 28. Every time I should talk about Monty Morris, I should talk about him with the most boring voice ever. 10, 4, and 4 in 28 minutes. He is fine on a roster, but you do not have to have him. In fact, you can leave him on the wire. That's what it is. It's just the same boring bullshit every game. And that has a place in a fantasy playoffs. Shit, the Nuggets will play four and, and Monty will play 30 a game and give me 12, four and four. That's totally reliable. But there's no bloody upside. I'm not chasing shit with that. There's no, there's no value in it. Faku had two points in 20 minutes. Cool. Six assists for him. Um, he took one shot. No worries. Onto the Nets. There was no Jim. There was no Kyrie. There was no Durante. Harden probably is back for Saturday's game. Kyrie is definitely back for Saturday's game. Durant is not. There was also no Nick Claxton and no Dayron Sharp. They started Aldridge. He played 33 minutes and had 18 and 8. He was bad with his percentages, but I do really fear it's a three-center rotation, not including Blake Griffin, which is going to make it hard for Claxton, for Aldridge, to be must-roster 12s. They're fine to have, but they're not going to be must. With no Kyrie, Cam Thomas, 25 points, 4 threes, 26 minutes. Totally fine. Like, that's great. That's what we expect. The problem is, if Harden and Kyrie play next game, he'll play like 12 minutes and he'll do nothing. So there's no value there. Patrick Mills had 21 points with six assists and four threes. Well, Jim Johnson, we don't get a chance to do it very often, so I'm going to take full advantage. Did Jim Johnson make us proud? 
Jimmy Johnson. 12, 8, 7, 3 steals. 38 minutes means nothing. He is the 359th ranked player this year. That's just great to see in a, in a spot start, but don't worry about that. Kessler Edwards bought the two blocks, six rebounds. That's what he provides. Some defensive stats. His minutes are going to be solid as we move forward. And Bembry had 14 in his 26 minutes. Also, when you can get 21 minutes out of Javon Carter, um, you know you're going to lose. 13 minutes in, 13 points in those 21 minutes for him while Griffin played 15 minutes. And Bruce Brown, remember how good Bruce Brown was last year? Zero points in 12 minutes. So let's go to the next game. The Chicago Bulls. They beat the Raptors 111-105. No um, Fred Van Vliet again. But Scotland Barnes returned, played 38 minutes, had 16, 5, and 7. Really, really strong game from Barnes. Solid enough, 33 fantasy points. Bad from the line, but yeah, strong stuff. Siakam, who'd been playing great, played terribly. Actually, not true. Shot terribly. 12 points on 25%, but 7 rebounds, 7 assists, and 3 steals. And then Gary Trent, back-to-back big scoring games. In fact, back-to-back 32-point games before he was ejected. 32 points with 6 triples. But this, again, illustrates the Gary Trent issue. He was a buy low on the last show. He is now a sell high after having 64 points in the last two games. The, he had 32 points. He took 22 shots because there's no Fred Van Vliet, so just taking all of the shots. They went in 11 of 22. That's not the level of shooter he is. He had one rebound and two assists and just the one steal. Now, he needed like to two, two and a half steals along with shooting 50% to maintain that top 70 run. All right, this is in, the scoring is great, but it's without Van Vliet. And it's with shooting 50%. It's tying two things, three things together. Usage, minutes, field goal percentage, all spiking at once gives you a great game. But when you look past it, the one rebound, two assists, there's no protection if he has an off night. There's none. There's just no protection there. So you buy low when everything was going horribly for him. You sell high now for a top 70 player because there'll be still people that believe him, believe in him as a top 60 guy. There are still people out there. So you, you translate this into that player. You just got to find the right guy. OG Nanobi. But what about Scarf? OG. Stop works. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. Two good games in a row for him. 23, 5, and 4. Steal, two blocks, three triples. Great. People say he's been a disappointment this year. He's a 56th ranked player. Like, yeah, I hoped he could be top 45. He's not that far off. Malachi Flynn didn't really build on what he did yesterday. While Boucher, nine points in 29 minutes. Still a 12-team league guy. It could come crashing down. When Birch and Van Vliet return, if Boucher's playing 22 minutes a night, he probably isn't 12. And that's a distinct possibility. Preston Chua continues to be actually one of the most unwatchable players for me in the NBA. Three points, 25%, 23 minutes. I don't think he's ever going to be good. And I, I just, he's just, for me, aesthetically, it just doesn't work as a player. For the Bulls, we got DeRozan, we got Levine playing together. DeRozan was ejected, but they're not. Got two techs, but one of the techs wasn't an ejection worthy tech or some bullshit for hanging onto the net. 29, 7, and 7. Great game. Levine, 23, 8, and 8. Great game. Big Nick Vucevic. It's Vucevic. Vucevic. He was great as well. 17, 15, and 8. With great percentages. Actually, his free throw percentage was 0 of 0 because he doesn't get to the line. But good numbers from all of those three. And of course, with those three doing that, everyone else did not much. Io Dasunmu. We'd seen what he'd done. He'd been playing really well. Assists up. Shooting really up. What was it going to do when DeRozan and Levine got there? And you know, he shot 30%. He had 7, 2, and 4. He didn't need to 3. This is the worry I have with Dasunmu. 13% usage is that such a low usage player whose efficiency fluctuates so much. You could, I would recommend holding for now. I do not think he will remain must roster for very long if they maintain these guys playing. 
Kobe White only 24 minutes. Going to be hard with Greenback for him to maintain 12-team must roster status. Nine points there. In fact, if you did, if there was someone out there you wanted to grab and you wanted to drop White or Dasunmu, no problem with it. Not, not a problem at all. Because again, it's just hard to find that expanded role for those guys. Or in Dasunmu's case, how does he get enough usage and maintain that insane shooting to be relevant enough? I'm not sure he can. Javante Green had 12 and 6. That's a good production. 9 for him, but we don't rely upon it. While Troy Brown moved to the bench, had 8 points with two threes. Um, Next game. Memphis just keeps rolling along. They beat the San Antonio Spurs 118-110. And it was another really big night for Ja Morant. Morant has been on a real tear at the moment. 41 points in 37 minutes. 8 assists, 2 steals, and 3 threes. 18th ranked player over the last two weeks. 64 fantasy points. He shot 54% from the field, 8 of 10 from the line. Really doing some good stuff. I think there is going to be a bit of a drop-off coming for Morant, but he's playing well. Jaron Jackson. Sheesh. 22 and 9 with 6 blocks. Unfortunately, he was just 3 of 7 from the line. But that's the holy shit game that we know Jaron can do at times. We just need more consistency. Brandon Clark returned, 8-6-3, and three, a steal on a block, 20 minutes. Eh, look, again, fine. Hold him in 12s. Upside's not particularly high. Well, Desi Bain returned, had 20 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. We've had about two games where Melton, Morant, Brooks, and Bain have all played together. So we still don't know how that hierarchy is going to go. But we just keep riding with Bain. And with Bain back, Melton played 24 minutes. He had 7-4 and four with 3 steals. Yeah, you, don't, you just drop him now. Johnny Conchar, 23 minutes. Drop him as well. While Zaire Williams had 11 in 26 minutes. Um, all right, cool. On to the Spurs. Jakob Pertl, 18, 7, and 5. Two steals, four blocks. Eight of eight from the line. Let me tell you a few things. People do not believe in Jakob Pertl. There are... Some of you will. I really like him as a player. But multiple times this season, at the beginning of the year, Hey, yeah, should I add? Uh, should I draft Jock Landau, 12-team league? You know, he'll come in, him and Pirtle will split the minutes at center. Go, you're fucking kidding me. You split the minutes? Do you know how good Yucca Pirtle is? And now I had someone today say, hey, um, I probably won't be long until Collins is you know, taking those minutes away from Pirtle. Uh, yeah, Zach Collins this is. Yeah, yeah, Collins will probably come in, a yeah, chance to start maybe at the four, or him and Pirtle will just have a, a minute share. Like, do you know how good Yucca Pirtle is? It, it baffles my mind. So that in, in saying that, he is on an insane run at the moment. Oh, that is an ins- he is the 21st ranked player, Jakob Pertl, over the last two weeks while shooting like 2% from the free throw line. Hyperbolic, I know, but it's a shit number. That's how good he has been. And yes, I do expect drop-off from there. But no, Zach Collins is not coming in and saying, right, right, Jakob, it's been great, but the big fella Zach is here now. Everyone just take a seat. I'm ready to go. No, no, no. no Jakob Pertl's good. He's really, really good. He's really, really good. DeJounte Murray's really good too. 16, 10, and 11 with two steals. Didn't shoot well, but the numbers have been excellent for him. While Keldon Johnson, actually on a nice little run here. I know I'm critical of Keldon, but I try and just say, you know, call it as I see it. He's playing well. 18 points, four threes, two steals, and a block. Back inside the top 100 over the last two weeks. Can that stick? I don't know. 150 for the season, but ride him while it's going. Derek White, 14, three, and five, steal, and a block. Better game, still not great. Well, we got 30 minutes from Devin Vassell. Yes, hallelujah. 20 points, but not much else. You give me 30 a night, must roster guy. Absolute must roster. He actually turns into must roster. So I think if he got 30, he's a top 100 player. That is must roster. I don't have confidence in those minutes though. McDermott played just 22. Walker played under 20. And if I was coaching them, that's what I'd be doing every game. McDermott, 
Walker, you guys play the low minutes. Let Vassell in there. If you want to take a speculative ad thinking that Popovich is now going to be moving to Vassell 30 a night, do it. You don't want to miss out, I don't think. But I don't really believe that that is the way the minutes are going to move as we as we go forward. I don't I don't believe that'll be the case. Just touching back on Zach Collins, no, I do not believe Zach Collins is going to be a 12 or 14 team league guy this season. He hasn't played since the bubble, I think, with multiple fractures in his feet. And he's going to be a backup, I guess, on limited minutes with rests involved. I don't think that he's... I, I, I liked him coming out of Gonzaga into the draft. I thought, hey, there's some real potential here. Hasn't really shown us that at any point on the NBA court. And now dealing with multiple foot fractures, it's really hard for me to, again, stash a bloke to hope that at some point in March he's playing 27 a night. I really, really doubt he's going to get that much of a minutes load this season. I could be very wrong on that. I just do not. All right, so let's go to the next game. The Phoenix Suns win on the road against the Jazz, 105-97. Phoenix is just really good. Devin Booker was excellent. 43 points in 39 minutes. He had 12 boards with four assists. He was great from the line. He shot 57% from the field. His usage was high. He was excellent. And then Bismack Biombo didn't quite do what he'd been doing in the other games, but he started with Aiton and McGee out. 12 and 6, one steal, three blocks. You just keep holding on to Biombo until Aiton returns. Cam Johnson, also a 12-team league guy, while Crowder is out. 36 minutes, 8.6 triples and two threes. And Chris Paul had 21, 4 and 5. Just really good games. Not as good a game from Mikael Bridges. Seven points, but a steal and a block. Four rebounds, two assists. I am still holding him, stubbornly, but I am holding him. While Jalen Smith had eight and six, one steal, two blocks. That's good. But remember, it requires Crowder, McGee, and Biombo out for him to have this level of production. And he still only played 18 minutes. So, in the long, I guess the long and the short of that is, is no, there's no 12-team value in him. For the Jazz, as I said earlier about Mitchell and Gobert, um, they were both out here. They're both going to miss some more time. Jordan Clarkson, 26 points, 30 minutes, six rebounds. As long as uh, Mitchell is out, Clarkson's a 12-team league guy. Conley had 16 and 10, and uh, your mate, Hassan Whiteside. The world. You just keep holding him. 16, 11, two blocks. He is a must-roster player, while Gobert is out. Ingles was pretty rough, six points in 25 minutes, while Trent Forrest hurt his ankle but was able to return four points there. Gay went scoreless. Royce O'Neal had eight points with five assists, also a triple one. Royce is, like again, very much similar to a Monty Morris. Fine to have, but the upside is just actually non-existent. Let's go on to the last game of the night. We're looking at the Dallas Mavericks comfortably handling the Portland Trailblazers on the road. The Blazers on their road trip played well, and they've come home, and they've been terrible. 132-112. Jalen Brunson was great. 20-6, 11 assists. He, of course, is a must-roster player. Well, Doncic had 15, 10, and 15. Rough shooting night from Donch, but everything else was good. No Tim Hardaway. Um, of course, he's done for the year. Reggie Bullock, 15 points, 25 minutes, four threes. That's a solid game, but it's not 12-team worthy. Josh Green only played 15 minutes. Neil Aquino played 15. As expected yesterday, I don't think anyone is going to make the jump into 12-team league discussions. It was a good Muxy Kleber game, 12 points, two threes, three blocks, but we don't trust it. We stream him in for blocks, and that's about it. While Dwight Powell had 15 and five, but only played 18 minutes. Took 100% shooting to get there. Do not rely upon that at all. Finney Smith, He's very much in the Royce O'Neal mold, isn't he? 11, 4, and 2, 2, 3. It's totally fine. It's not great. It's not awesome. It's not awful. It's solid. Porzingis played 27 minutes on a back-to-back and had 22 and 5. Didn't shoot well, didn't block any shots, but it's still a good game. Now, the Blazers were without Lillard, Little, Covington, Zeller, Nance, and Smith. Obviously, really beat up. 
Norm Powell moved back into the starting lineup, 36 minutes, 19-9, shot 29%, and then a horrific 58 from the line. That's really painful. If Powell was dropped, you go and add him, though. I imagine he keeps starting. Simons had 23-2-7. Really good game from Anthony. Um, I think top 60, top 50 is possible for him rest of the season, while McCullum had 20-4 with six assists. And given there's no big men at all in this team, CJ Allaby had to play 20 minutes. He's not even a big man, but he had to play those minutes. Seven points, five rebounds, five assists with a triple one. That's got value in like 16 to 18 team leagues. Nurk had some foul... No, he didn't have foul trouble, honestly. He just didn't play much. 31 minutes, 18 and eight. That's okay. Well, Tone Snell, the guy, again, the award of who does the least with the most, two points in 29 minutes, and Macklemore had nine points with three threes. They are in real trouble. If Covington is missing extended time, if Little misses extended time, and you've got Nance and Zallary out for a long time, or Zallary out for a long time, they've got no big men. No forwards, no big men, nothing at all. It's going to be really rough, and I think that will mean that you don't see Damian Lillard return this season. That is my expectation there. Let's look at the lines of the night. The monstrous and your waiver wire goes to LaMelo Ball. Your, sorry, your young gun and your monstrous go to LaMelo. Your waiver wire goes to Austin Rivers, who got hot off the Denver bench. And your dud of the night is Boyan Bogdanovich. Maybe that finger issues of bothering him. He chucked that splint off at some point in that game. Um, and we'll see what that means for his recovery. And uh, yeah, he's prone to some bad shooting nights for sure. Actually, before I move on to talk about the top performers, I'll put the screen up there so you can see it. There has been, there's some consternation and some confusion about Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is set to return Saturday against the Golden State Warriors. And multiple people have now said it, and with confusion, he can't play against the Warriors because of the vaccine mandate in San Francisco. That is not true. Much like in New York, the mandate does not apply to visiting teams and visiting players. So Irving will be allowed to play in that game. Kyrie Irving is not the only unvaccinated player in the NBA. I think that we, I think we think that because he is the high-profile guy. And the other high-profile guys, Michael Porter Jr., injured. Jonathan Isaac, a figment of our imagination. Bradley Beal, now currently vaccinated. Like, we haven't seen this in, in play. But Trey Burke's unvaccinated. He literally played at Golden State yesterday. Played only eight minutes, but he played. He was there. He didn't have to sit out because he's unvaccinated. So Kyrie is going to play in that game on Saturday just because that if you are a Warriors player, you can't play at home. It's the same as any people coming to New York. If you're not from one of the New York teams, you're okay to play. The rules are dumb, but that's just what they are. So if you are worried that Kyrie's not returning on Saturday, I'm here to tell you that he is. And I can't wait for them to come out and prove me wrong, but it would make no sense. Again, considering Trey Burke literally played one day ago. So Kyrie is going to play in that game. Top 10 players, Lamelo Ball, Kelly Oubre, Nikola Jokic, Devin Booker, Cole Anthony, Ja Morant, Jakub Pertl, Nikola Vucevic, Kevin Love, and Jimmy Butler. Your top 10 under 50%. Austin Rivers at number one, really nothing to look at there. Chetty Osman, oh, do we fall for it? Probably not. Does he does he steal the Yusuf Nurkic sound drop? No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. I don't think so. Isaiah Jackson, that's a blowout. Obi Toppin's a blowout. Dwight Powell's a blowout. Muxy Kleber's a stream for deeper leagues. Okongwu's a blowout. Um, James Johnson, everyone's injured. Emmanuel Quickly, a blowout, just a name to keep an eye on. And then PJ Tucker, no value. There's not much to look at there in terms of waiver producers, to be fair. The top 10 players in points leagues today, we've got um, Jamarand at one, followed by Booker, Ball, Ubre, Pirtle, Jokic, Anthony, Doncic, Jaron Jackson, and DeJounte Murray. That will do it for me today, guys. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. 
Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.